Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 76 of the DC Primetime Podcast. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And apologies for our voices, because it's early on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, only because both you and me have a busy day. So. And, well, not only that, but I'm in the middle of a con <laughs> under convention weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was all day yesterday at Walker Stalker Con here in Philadelphia, and I'm literally recording this with you and taking a shower and going right back. So, um, but you know, Walker Stalker is another con from the great people at Fan Fest who do heroes and villains as well. So it's it's literally like I am just hanging out with friends when I go there. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, but yeah, another short podcast this week as we're wrapping up the summer. Uh, we're into fall now, but we're wrapping up the summer issues as we call them, the the in betweeners uh, from when the shows come back and such. Uh, this week, we're just going to bring you the news of the week, in which there was quite a bit of it. Uh, and then, as a filler, we're basically just uh, Salt Lake City Con, uh, Salt Lake City Comic Con a couple weeks back, as we mentioned last week. Uh, Stephen Amell did a panel that was moderated by his own wife, Cassandra, So, uh, which was really, really fun. So we're going to play you the audio from that, as I was able to get audio from that convention. Still working on getting audio from my panels at Heroes and Villains, so hopefully maybe over the Christmas break of the shows we'll have that, and we'll be able to play that for you as well. But Next week, Gotham? Next yeah. week, we'll do the back half of Gotham, including... Which means I have to watch all of it still. Cause... Well, um, you'll be... I think you... <laughs> eight, eight or nine episodes. You have to get through, I think, like, ten episodes, because... Are we yeah. go- well, are we going to do the back half of Gotham and the first couple episodes, or are we just going to do the back half of last season of Gotham? We are going to play that by ear. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, uh, I would say at least the back half, um, and then we'll go from there. I would say let's just do the back half, and then... This way we can take our time watching the, this new season and we can, we'll just do, uh, we'll just do another half annual like we've done before. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like I said, time is limited for yeah. me. Um, very, very limited. Uh, and one of my main ways to watch is, uh, well, my, that TV went boom. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is part of what I'm doing today. I'm, I'm going out and upgrading to 4K. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it, we've got some stuff planned, but man, two weeks. It all starts again. And I'm going to be exhausted on that episode. <laughs> I get back home the, uh, the 14th at 10.45 at night. Uh, that's when I think my plane gets in. So, <laughs> Well, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, going into this season because uh, I'll reveal this to everybody now and I'll reveal this to you now too, Rob. 
Uh, as I said, I, you know, I've been hanging out with everybody from FanFest this weekend at Walker Stalker Con and talking to somebody who I am uh, in contact with a lot at FanFest. I did find out yesterday that sometime in the next couple weeks, they will be pitching the idea to James Frazier, who is the owner of FanFest, uh, of bringing me on board permanently to Walker Stalker Con. Which will mean uh, more traveling, uh, but depending on where I'm going, I can still obviously I can still record from hotels and and stuff like that. So recording of the show is not a big deal. Uh, it's not going to change anything as far as the show goes. Uh, there might be some dates for you and I that have to we'll, we'll have to figure out recording, but we'll still be putting out a weekly show. That's not going to change. What it's going to mean is a hell of a lot more content for DC Primetime. Mm-hmm. So um, it's pretty awesome. There, there, there's that's, a po- that's awesome. There's a possibility I may be joining the Fan Fest team, not necessarily for Walker Stalker, but for Heroes and Villains. Because as this person said, uh, Walker Walking Dead is in his wheelhouse. It's these DC shows are not, and he needs somebody who knows what they're doing on stage, and that this is their wheelhouse. And I'm like, well, I do this podcast every week. I watch these shows without fail. Every week he's like, oh, I know. That's why we keep bringing you back. So um, it's pretty cool because Heroes and Villains visits uh, a lot more cities than the ones I usually go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a uh, just a sample real quick. I know we're, we, we're just talking about the news. But um, just to give you a quick glimpse of some of the cities I would be going to. Uh, Atlanta, San Jose, Portland, Chicago, Nashville, New Jersey, uh, and London, which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the fact that for 2019, they are planning a Heroes and Villains cruise. Yeah, yeah, that sounds kind of amazing. But the cool thing is, too, this gives us potentially uh, one, more one-on-ones with, with uh, some of these celebs, maybe some people even being on the show which would be fantastic. And then in addition to maybe a DC primetime panel at one of these things one day. Exactly. So, so it'd be kind of cool. So we're, uh, it's still in the works. There's nothing permanent yet. They still have to pitch the idea to James, but they are going to in the next couple of weeks. So fingers crossed, because this could be not only big for me, but big for this podcast. Awesome. So uh, let's jump. Let's just go right into it. Uh, we'll do, we'll get through the news and do our plugs, play the audio and get out of here. So what do we got for the news this week? All right. So, and we can, if you want to feel free to dive into any of these things, I think we've got about 25, 30 minutes here to work with. Sure. Um, so one of the first things this just hit this morning and that is Rocksteady Games teasing their next project. Obviously, if you don't know who Rocksteady is, these are the fine folks that brought us the Arkham series, um, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City and Arkham Knight. Uh, they aren't the folks responsible for Arkham Origins. That was a separate team, but they also did the Arkham VR game that's on PlayStation VR, and I think soon coming to, uh, I want to say it's Vive and also Oculus. I think that's uh, coming out of the woodwork for the you know the exclusive window for PlayStation soon. Uh, but they did say this really quick. It said, "Be patient, fans. I know we're not talking right now, but when we do, people are going to lose their minds." And then it says, "Can't wait." Giant smiley face at the end of that uh, that tweet. My guess is if we're going to hear something, it's going to be either at 
the PlayStation Experience, which is only a couple months away. They usually always do that right after Christmas, right around that time, or usually sometimes right before. It's usually in the December window. It's early December or late. It's They've only done a handful of these right now, so it's a big wait and see. Would not be surprised to see the announcement come out of there. If not, we've also seen them at the Video Game Awards uh, make their announcements. So I would say it's in one of those two spots. They're usually on the same exact weekend. Pretty sure that's when we're going to see Rocksteady uh, drop the next bombshell. But a lot of signs are pointing to Justice League, guys. I would so, love a Justice League game. I know I jokingly said off when we were prepping, uh, you know, uh, Red Dead Redemption 3. That's Rockstar Games, not yeah. Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it's a big wait and see. Uh, but I, my guess is we're going to find out something before this year is out. And it's going to be at the Game Awards or the PlayStation Experience. So, fingers crossed. Very excited. Uh, now, moving into the film universe, we're going to do film, then go into TV. But one of the things we can talk about right off the bat here is uh, there's a lot going on in Warner Brothers right now. And a lot of it that we can't follow because nobody seems to know what the hell is going on. But let's talk about the stuff we do know going on. Um, first off, as far as the final Justice League trailer, that sounds like it will be attached to Warner Brothers' next big upcoming film, which is getting an insane buzz which is Blade Runner 2049. Um, so don't be surprised if you see a new trailer for Justice League hit probably Wednesday, Thursday, this coming week, um, right ahead of that film's release on Thursday night. So, uh, and, you know, I got to say, I, a movie I never, ever thought would be getting glowing reviews, and I mean glowing, uh, is Blade Runner 2049. So if any indication, this is a great way to build buzz and uh, get more people to see this trailer. So... Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with that. So, uh, But talking about Justice League, let's get into something kind of interesting. So, uh, And that is Danny Elfman apparently is going to be using John Williams' Superman theme in Justice League. Um, but they did say it's going to be used in a very interesting and odd, dark way. Uh, they said more specifically kind of a dark moment. So I'll, I'll stay here. There are a few little f- uh, fan moments, and, uh, and I instated... A moment of the Wonder Woman theme from the Hans Zimmer, uh, you know, sorry, I instated a moment of the Wonder Woman theme that Hans Zimmer did for Batman vs. Superman. But I also had two minutes, two minutes where I had the pleasure of saying, let's do John Williams Superman. And that's for me was heaven because now I have a melody to twist and I'm using it in an act, uh, actually very dark way in a very dark moment. It's the kind of thing that some fans will notice, some won't. It's a moment where we're really not sure whose side he's on. So I would assume this is probably we're going to see this during the return sequence. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that plays out now because, you know, Elfman, I think his music is iconic for a lot of superhero films. So I think this could be. But so is John Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, and obviously John Williams is, but like I said, I'm very curious to see how he's going to play with that. And my guess is when we see that black suited Superman for the first time, you're going to hear a, a, a tweaked dark. Ver- that's where you're going to hear that tweaked dark version of the John Williams theme. So, um, and it's going to be probably destruction comes down when probably Superman is ripping apart the, uh, the parademons or dark sides army. And then, uh, then we're going to realize we've got a good Superman on our side. So, um, but all right. So before we get into the weird shit, uh, Flashpoint <laughs> stuff. So we saw a little bit about Kirstie Clemens, who was playing Iris West, um, stating how, how her involvement is. And they said, you know, 
They asked on how her iris will differ to the one played by Candace Patton on the small screen. She said, because of going back and forth, past and future with the Flash, you don't even know which time period you actually meet. Uh, you know, which uh, time period you actually meet Iris. So, I guess from the sounds of it, from what she knows, is she doesn't know anything. <laughs> so, just that, that quote. Um, it's this kind of that idea is... Are we going to see a Flashpoint version of Iris in this movie, or are we going to see the actual one? Um, maybe this is them teasing some things. You know, there's no director attached to this film yet, so it's a big wait and see on how this plays out. My guess is we will see her probably hail from both the Flashpoint timeline and the actual real timeline um, in this film. So, um, dumb little news tidbit, but still, <laughs> it was... It was reported on, so hey. <laughs> so we'll talk. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and then oh, this is going into a little bit of things with Jeff Johns, uh, and I guess the first way to start this off, and I apologize if this sounds all over the place. It's because these stories are all over the place. Um, so Jeff Johns and Diane uh, Nelson are talking about the future of the DC, uh, you know, EU, and first off, they say the DC EU is not a thing, guys. Uh, whoever came up with that moniker, um, they're like, well, for some odd reason, the you know press and community just ran with it. But they said, nope, it's just the DC you know cinematic films, and that's all it is. It's all it's ever been. Um, you know, there are building to something which is Justice League, which they're doing. But they did say, look, like let's break this down. Uh, the new this movie, which is you know talking about Justice League, this movie's not about another movie. Some of the movies do connect the characters together, you know, like Justice League, you know, obviously is something that does that. Oh, actually, this is, sorry, being specific about Aquaman. This movie's not about another movie. Some of the movies do connect the uh, the others together, like Justice League, but with Aquaman, our goal is to not connect Aquaman to every other film. Moving forward, you're going to see the DC movie universe being a universe, but one that comes from the heart of the filmmakers who are creating them. doesn't need to be this constant interconnection time after time after time. Yes, you could have all these little things like you need to go on, say, you know, Flashpoint. There's definitely some rumblings that things are going to be a little bit more a connected piece, but it did say things like, you know, Wonder Woman is definitely its own film. It doesn't feel like it needs to be, you know, this larger, greater thing. Uh, and they said, you know, they think that's one thing that they're really trying to focus on. Uh, and they said... So, you know, some of the stuff is true, some of it isn't. When we talk about things what, uh, and who we're making deals with for people to develop scripts or whatever, and sometimes these things leak out. Sometimes these things are misreported, and that's incredibly frustrating. All these films that are coming out there and then people are saying that are going in front of cameras or all getting scripted, some of these are in early, early stages that may, may never see the light of day. Uh, because we do want to go out there and talk about what our strategy is, this stuff really muddles the water. And there's a lot of uh, internal conversations going on about how do we kind of clean up a lot of this crap that's happening right now? So that's why it sounds like they haven't been talking about anything yet is because they're like, okay, there's just so much damage control to do. And it seems like they're trying to find the right way to do it. So, and I get that. That does make sense to me. I don't know about you, but it's basically kind of like, it's not them saying they're trying to break away from all this. It's more along the lines of, I think the message has been unclear, and that's really where it boils down. I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I'm extremely confused about everything at this point. I mean, it's 
And it sounds more and more to me, and I know people, when I posted the article that I did the other day on Facebook, uh, on the Facebook page, people were like, no, no, this is not the case. It, it doesn't sound like they're not confident in everything else. It sounds like they're trying to individualize himself and everything. And now the more and more I hear, the more and more I feel like you guys are not confident. Like this is not – you don't – even you don't know what you're doing yet. It sounds like at first they were trying to match Marvel's model of everything, you know, of doing these individual movies, tying them together to do something really, really big. And now it sounds like that's not the case at all. It sounds like that they're they're trying to resemble Marvel's model, but they're doing it in their own way, meaning they got they're getting the big picture with all of them together out of the way early. So they're doing their Infinity War early with Justice League, and then they'll do the individual films afterwards. So I really don't know what to think at this point when it comes to DC. Yeah, no, I, I understand with you, but to um, me, but but to me, it just it stands out as not confident. It's, um, I, I you know what I really don't think that's actually what it is. You know what I think the problem really was with all this is Zack Snyder was the guy helming them this, and he's not there anymore. And I think Jeff. Snail stepping in and really taking reins of all of that. I think Jeff is just kind of like, no, no, no. The reason we're not talking about it is they maybe didn't like what Zach was planning. But here's the thing, though. I mean, I know, I, I know that they're they're coming out and they're saying, well, you know, things get leaked and things get misreported and all. That's why there's all this confusion. None of that shit happened with Marvel. None of that shit happened with Marvel. So I don't buy the whole. Oh, Do you want to know the reason why, though? Why? I mean, like, think about it. It's Disney. Disney is keeps things tight. I mean, they are cautious as hell. Nothing gets out of Disney without people really knowing it, uh, or wanting to like them wanting them to know it. It's rare. It's really rare. Warner Brothers is not that kind of studio. Well, then Warner Brothers needs to hire some new PR people. Well, I think it's really Warner Brothers needs to hire a new president, and that's been the case for a long time. Um, and I, I think it's just. Too, and I think the biggest reason I, that we'll, we're seeing so much of this as well is there's a lot of people that really hate uh, on the DC films. Uh, I mean, a lot. I mean, that you see this a constant. And there's going to be people that are going to misconstrue things as much as they can. And that's going to be press writers that are doing some of this stuff. And it's going to be... Tons of news people that are out there through a thousand and one places that have their own personal opinions. Like you're going to see places like Inical News and Collider and CBR and all these other places. If they've got a bone to pick, the way the way that some of these may come up um, can also ultimately change things. I mean, we've seen a big shift since Wonder Woman, uh, and that's only one film right now. But it's a wait and see. Like I'm waiting still to make any further opinion on the DC film universe until I see Justice League. Um, I think that's just where I feel like I need to stand right now because I have no idea what's happening. I generally really don't. Yeah. And I think I think that's I think where Jeff is dealing with right now is he probably feels like he's trying to build something great at the same time. He's constantly doing damage control, and I can't imagine that's been an easy job. Yeah. So I I, I want to make this clear too. I know I I'm kind of like when it when it comes to the DCEU or the DCU or whatever the hell it's called. Um, when it comes to that, I know I'm on the opposite side of the fence of, of, you know, even you and some of our listeners. I don't want that to come across as if I'm an absolute hater and I won't give any oh, of these God movies no. a chance. I give every one of these movies a chance. And I, you know, I'm in theaters watching them. I go to the advanced screenings and, 
And, you know, I loved Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, I kind of enjoyed. Batman vs. Superman had its moments. Man of Steel, I hated. So I, I'm not an absolute hater. I don't go into these movies absolutely hating them. Uh, so I don't want our listeners to get that impression. Oh, no, uh, we're, we're, we're just trying to be objective as much as we can. Yeah. It, it's just very difficult when, again, I think what even Jeff said in that interview was we're trying to figure out how to discuss this with everybody and kind of, you know, figure out, you know, a lot of the internal conversation, how the hell we clean this all up and how we, like, you know, don't have this muddy water of what the DC films are going to be. And I, I think really what they need to do, and I don't know if you agree with me, is they need to do a damn press conference. They really do. They uh, and, and, and they, said, they can't wait is... for Comic-Con. They can't wait for New York Comic-Con. They, they've just got to do it. Yeah. And I think... I wouldn't be surprised if we see something along those reins when after Justice League hits. I, I think right now, I think it's all hands on deck to get Justice League in the best shape as humanly possible. Some of the early buzz, it has been confirmed that movie was indeed screened. Um, it, and you know, and apparently that, to very favorable reviews. Yeah, a very favorable, and apparently everybody said the Flash steals the show, and they said if you thought. Gal Gadot stole the show in uh, BBS. They said you saw – and a couple more things have come out, and they said, wait, do you see The Flash? That is great. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, that means – and there's a new poster out there too with Flash and Wonder Woman front and center now, uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with Cyborg, Batman, and Aquaman standing behind them. Something's going on, and I think they know what – I think they know they've got their leads, their big leads that are the most important right now. And who need to carry this forward? And I think it's a right call. I think it's the Flash is obviously the the big star on the TV side right now, and Wonder Woman is now a huge hit character again. And I think they just got to put their best foot forwards with that and really do what they can. Yeah. So no, agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really still I'm very cautiously excited about Justice League because of what's coming out right now. Uh, with Joss at the helm now too, and all these things, it, it sounds like we could have some really possibly great things in the future. But it, until I see it, I that's kind of where I have to view it. I'm sure that's how you view it right now too. Is I, they need to show it to me and prove it to me right now. Yeah, I want and, this to be great. And I'm and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited for Justice League. I really, I am, am too. I really, really am. And I think when I see that next trailer, I probably will be even more again. So. Because that's going to be the first time we see Josh's Josh's ca- uh, camera work and what he's done in any of the scenes he's directed. So I'm I'm excited for it because I'm I'm liking the trailers that I've seen so far, and I want to see these characters on screen together. It was one of the initial reasons I was excited for the DCEU at first. It's finally coming to fruition, and uh, to be completely honest with you. I'm really hoping that as much as I have a dislike for Man of Steel, that we're going to get a completely different version of Superman that is going to complete and that I'm hoping is going to turn me around. I'm I want this movie to change my opinion on the DCEU's version of Superman. That's mm-hmm. my main that that is honestly my main goal of Justice League is I I am hopeful that this movie will change my opinion on hating this version of Superman. So, speaking of which, there's more about Jeff. Uh, Jeff Johns and Diane Nielsen, there was a, uh, you know, some other things that came up about them right before this, this original story hit. And this was reported on by Vulture and some insiders that they know. Uh, but they did say this. Jeff Johns and Diane were reading scripts, and Jeff Johns, to his credit, 
was incredibly concerned about the Man of Steel, that there was not enough lightness or humor given who that character is. And they said, when an insider tells the site in regards to Man of Steel's production process, Jeff Johns was absolutely shut out. Uh, they said, Jeff definitely raised that point time after time after time, and the current administration did not care that much about what Jeff thought. Um, and they said, that was then, this is now, though, and with Johns taking an active role in Justice League and the backlash aimed at uh, BVS and Suicide Squad, they said he and the fellow DC Films boss, uh, John Burke, decided that they were revamping large chunks of the movie. They wanted somebody other than Zach to rewrite those parts and add new scenes, and that was ultimately Joss Whedon. So Joss was actually brought in by Jeff Johns, not Zack Snyder. Uh, and they said, they said this has been 100% confirmed, but this has not been reported on officially. Um, so it sounds like John Berg and Jeff Johns are the reason for Joss coming back in and doing a rewrite. So we're, we're finding out now Joss rewrote part of this film now. This is news. Um, no, we only knew he was coming in to do back half stuff, but it sounds like his back half stuff was much more involved. Uh, they said there, uh, they were meeting with the Avengers Helmer about background soon realized he was the right man to steer justice league in the right direction that they purposely wanted. Everybody was excited about Joss being part of DC. We thought he, uh, he'd be great to write the justice lead scenes and do the additional photography scenes that we wanted to get to make this something better. Uh, when the family tragedy led to Snyder's to, to, uh, Sorry, departure. He would take over as a director too. And we're now all waiting to see how the film turns out. So this is definitely coming out and saying things did definitely change, and that was even before things went down with Zach. I think they knew and they wanted Zach out. I think just the timing of things led them to the right right reason. Obviously, I, I would be sure to think at this point in time, and I don't know if you agree with this as well, but with all that happening in the way that. Zack Snyder recently came out and said, no, I'm, I'm kind of done with DC. This sounds like there was more to all of that. This definitely sounds like they wanted him gone. Uh, and when everything happened with his daughter, he he stepped away. But it sounds like there was conversation happening beforehand. No, that's what, so. it, that's what it sounds like to me, too. And in all honesty, that was the opinion I had after Man of Steel was that Zack needed to be gone. It, like, it, it wasn't taken in the right direction. And... Uh, it kind of makes me happy to hear that, you know, Warner Brothers and some of the people over there were kind of feeling the same way. Yeah. Well, you look at it, too. And like I said, you know, John Berg, Diane Nelson and, and Jeff Johns weren't even brought in into the fold in full until Justice League was right before it started getting in front of cameras. So I think the fact that Jeff is there and they actually said, you are in charge of this nail. This is the first time we're really getting to see his real full involvement. He had some small involvement with Wonder Woman at the tail end, but Justice League is kind of his baby. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really curious to see how this plays out because it sounds like knowing that Jeff was the one that really was a big proponent of bringing in Joss was I, I it makes me feel a little bit better. So, oh yeah, me too, uh, me too. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny. The one of the next side stories about the film, so it says the DC Extended Universe, and it's crossed out and says the DC Films Universe <laughs> is in a very confusing place right now. Um, and then they went on to kind of to say, you know, as far as after Justice League, they did say we will be hearing a lot more about what the new banner will indeed be. And they said what the new banner will be named shortly. And they said, you know, that this is pertaining to the Joker film and then what some of the other things they may be doing. 
uh, outside of that that are standalone films. And I'm I, again, we talked about this the other week. I think we're both good with the idea of the standalone film. Uh, I think they can do a lot of fun things about it. Like, you know, it'll be great to see a Kingdom Come movie, some other things like this. But I do like to know that Johns did come out on Twitter after this posted as well and said, when somebody's like, what the hell, guys? You, you started building something. You're just pulling the rug out and saying, like, nope. He's like, no, 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 guys. He's like, I'm not lying to you. Everything is still 100% connected. But let us have some free reign to do the way things we the way we want to do. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So... All right, let's head to TV. Um, so we did talk a little bit about uh, synopsises recently. Um, so we got to talk about them a little bit last week. Apparently there's been a little bit more that has come out uh, as far as some other synopsis coming up. Um, and it sounds like I can't quite tell if these are the – this is, I think, after the uh, first episodes. I want to say this is uh, the second set, or maybe these are the first first episodes. It's kind of really hard to tell. No, this looks like this is the second set of episodes. So, um, yep, so we got the – actually, you know what? That's a good question. Do you think we should read the synopsis for the second episodes of the season, or should we let that be? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll leave it. <laughs> I, it's a tough call because – Yeah, because we're not – we haven't watched anything yet, and it, obviously if people are trying to – because I don't, I, if there's anything, because mm. a lot of these, a lot of these first episodes can lead into the second, and if there's any spoilers in the synopsis that gives away something that could happen in the season premiere, I would, I want to say no. Uh you know what? Ah, I think we're gonna hold then, because there's a couple things, not really super in your face, but there's enough. Um, so I think you're right. I think we're gonna hold. Okay. I yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the best idea because I haven't read them. So I okay. If it's well, gonna it, if it's it, gonna say anything that's gonna, about stuff that's happening in the season premieres, I'd rather not hear it. All, all I can say is <laughs> the one thing is for a character we know that's returning, we are gonna see Anatoly in the second episode of Arrow this season. Okay. All right. Well, uh, and so we, we yeah do. we knew he was coming back anyway. Right. So it's so we know we don't have to wait long. So. All right, let's uh, dive into some other things that are happening with the TV world. So uh, Betty Buckley uh, has been cast uh, in Supergirl Season 3. She uh, She's an, obviously an actress from The Leftovers, and she's going to be playing Rain's mother as far as uh, on Earth. So uh, we do know we will see her in the mix fairly early on. Uh, we know the title episode that she's going to be making her debut in is Episode 7, which is titled Wake Up which most likely is when we see Rain kind of realize who she is. Is That's my guess already at this point. But uh, she's going to be playing Patricia Arias, who is the adoptive mother of uh, Samantha Arias, uh, a.k.a. Um, Rain. So. I have a feeling with the introduction of her mother, this is going to be a very similar kind of storyline that runs very parallel to when Clark found out who he was. Yes. Uh, now, there is a new story I didn't pull up. Uh, and I'm going to punch it up real quick because there is a very important character that's going to be coming to Supergirl as well. I just realized uh, I missed putting that in the mix because this is another thing that just makes me incredibly happy because I am two for two for my big prediction so far for the year. Um, and that is Saturn Girl is getting cast in season three of Supergirl. And if you don't know who Saturn Girl is, she is one of the legions of superheroes uh, you know, coming from the future. Uh, but it sounds like uh, we will indeed be seeing her uh, as a recurring role for this season. So 
Um, one of the things I've been saying time and time again, my guess is that's where Monel is. And seeing Saturn Girl in the mix here makes it feel a little bit more likely that that is indeed the case. Um, and Amy Jackson is going to be the play, uh, actress playing the character. And that is, uh, she's actually, if you're not familiar with her name, that's uh, not a big shot, uh, like, surprise. Oh my God, I can't talk today. <laughs> uh, but she is a big Bollywood actress, actually, and started her career as a model. This is her first U.S. debut. So, um, but she will be uh, playing uh, playing the role of uh, Arma Arden, uh, a.k.a. Saturn Girl. But yeah, uh, it's uh, I'm really curious to see how this is going to play out. So that we finally know we're going to no longer get more teases of the Legion flight rings. We're just going to see him in action. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, kind of awesome to see where that's going. So, uh, but moving outside of Supergirl, um, some cool things coming out of the Flash. Uh, we'll start with a really kind of exciting one. But uh, we've uh, talked for a while now that Tom Welling uh, said he's not going to be making any appearances in Supergirl, but he did say he does have a really really great idea for his for him to appear on the flash dude he said i would i don't i i haven't heard what the idea is but i did see the cover of the article and i heard tom welling and the flash if this happens uh, you have no idea how excited i would be and this is all and this is all he said specifically he's like i am willing to go on the flash and i have a few ideas on how it can happen if the network asks me in fact, I think I can make it happen. And you know what so. that's you know what that says to me that out of all the shows that there are uh, in the in the DC universe right now for tel- in the DC television universe right now, the fact that out of all of them he chose the Flash means to me that says to me that either one of two things, either one he is a bigger fan of the Flash than any of those shows. Or two, or and two could be both. He sees a way to bring his version of Superman through the multiverse. The cool thing is, do you know where this story came out of? Uh, no. Michael Rosenbaum's new podcast. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't know he has got a podcast. Now I got to listen. So it's it's apparently uh, them both at his house, and uh, it's Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling talking right. together, and that's where the story came out. This is so. getting added to my podcast addict app. Because I want to find out what the name of that podcast is, and I want to listen. So, very, very, very cool. So, uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, like I said, so I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. Uh, oh, actually, no, sorry, this that didn't come out of that, but there was um, there. Sorry, this came out of Nuke the Fridge, as was the where the conversation came out. But they did say there was a recent reunion. Uh, be- uh, that was happening on Michael Rosenbaum's uh, podcast. So. I will I will tell you right now, in case you were curious, the, the name of the podcast is Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, and it was from the September 12th episode. It was uh, in, Inside of Tom Inside Welling. Of Tom Welling. Yep. Yeah. So I am adding that to my my uh, my my podcast queue because I'm going to listen to that. I'm going I'm to listen to that when I'm driving back to the convention today. All right. So a little bit more on The Flash. Uh, they did say a little bit more about Ralph Dibney, a.k.a. the Elongated Man, and that says, uh, as far as this, one of the big parts and mysteries of this um, uh, upcoming season is actually the origin story of Ralph Dibney. There's going to be a lot of conflict between uh, the team and uh, in terms of how they uh, how to be a good guy, I guess is the best way they said to put it. Ralph is hitting on everybody uh, uh, all the time. He's brash, loud, and he doesn't listen to anyone. So it sounds like he's going to be a bit of a player. 
Um, and maybe it sounds like he's uh, they're gonna kind of bring him off kind of a little bit of like a, a kind of like booster gold. It sounds like the way that they're that this kind of breaks down <laughs> a they douche. Said, uh, <laughs> kind of, but an, an, an endearing douche. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but they did say his uh, his power set's not a result of the particle accelerator. So they did say that is indeed true. Uh, so it sounds like there's other ways to become a meta, and it sounds like they're going to finally get into them in this season. So, but they said that is definitely one of the big mysteries of the upcoming season for season four. All right, so we did look at a poster last week for the Crisis on Earth X. We did get confirmation. That is indeed Prometheus yes. on that, that poster. So, yeah, I, uh, I posted this article. So I was yes, excited about this. Uh, but they did say uh, yeah, this iteration of the character, Prometheus X, will instead originate from Earth X, alternate Earth where the Nazis won World War II. Uh, the baddie is joining forces with Dark Arrow, Dark Flash, and Overgirl. Uh, and they said the later whom will likely be voiced by Melissa Benoist. Uh, and it's also set to voice the character in the upcoming animated series, Freedom Fighters the Race. So Melissa is also going to be doing some animated work. So uh, um, Sad so, face that it won't be Josh Sagara. Well, 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 we don't know that yet. I've heard rumor so, it's not. I've heard rumor so, it's not Josh. But I did hear rumor who it might be. I did hear it might be Colton Haynes. No, that's so, not who I heard. Uh, I heard Paul Blackthorne. Oh, yeah. Well, right now there's multiple things going out there. They said uh, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Entertainment Weekly theorizing that it's Blackthorn or, or Colton Haynes um, right now. And they said it's the most most likely it's one of the two. So not my new bestie, Josh Sagara. Um, <laughs> but I would I would really be excited to see Roy Harper come back this way, though. That would be freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. So. All right. And last but not least, little uh, little note on Titans, and that is actress Lindsay Gort from Lucifer has been cast as Detective Amy Robach from Titans, who is going to be uh, Grayson's partner. So she works for the Bloodhaven Police Department, uh, so we will definitely be seeing her in the mix very, very soon. So she's uh, previous things she's worked on in the Carrie Diaries. Uh, Modern Family, The Last Tycoon, and Pastor, uh, Pure Genius, The American Housewife, and Lucifer. So, uh, but that wraps it up for this week. So, quite a bit to go on. Yeah, and quite and a lot. We to, are out of time. Yeah, quite a lot to confuse us on and and such. Uh, so yeah, so let's do our cheap plugs and uh, no recommendations this week. The recommendations are just stick around to to listen to the panel with Stephen because it really was a lot of fun. And, oh, the other recommendation, keep an eye out possibly, I think, by Tuesday night uh, as Rob and I recorded a little video earlier this week um, or uh, last week. No, I guess it would be this, still this week. But uh, we recorded a little video earlier on to reveal to you some of the prizes for some of the stuff that we're doing for Extra Life and to give you a lot more details as to how you can do that. So I'm in the process of editing that right now. I should have that on the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime by Tuesday. So just keep an eye out for that video uh, and definitely give it a watch because everything that we're doing is for a great cause and we have some really cool prizes that we're going to be giving away. Yeah, if you can, maybe get a couple pictures, like up close good shots of those too just so we can have stills of uh, stills up. I think oh, that'd yeah. be a good way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to take a look. It was a fun little video to do. And then uh, the Captain Crew Pirates episode will be up shortly. I still have to scrub through the audio. There's some some issues. So Yeah. 
So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so uh, cheap plugs, as I mentioned, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime. You can find this podcast as well as all other podcasts through our webpage, nextlevelradioonline.com, uh, as well as our Facebook page for the Next Level Network as a whole, which is next, uh, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Uh, special thanks always to George Shaw and George Shaw Music for his tunes that you get to hear in this show. Uh, this was a short episode, which was amazing because we actually held to our word. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, as I mentioned again, the Captain Crew episode will probably be up sometime this week if all goes well. There's video out there of uh, the back half, and we'll probably have more of that when uh, Ben gets a chance to take a look at some of the things. we got to cut together some some uh, some video. It was a fun one to do. But, uh, yeah, in addition to it, man, that's it for me, and I am uh, excited to enter the realm of 4K. There you go. Uh, so, as always, thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Please share all of our content. Feel free to message, comment, and uh, everything else uh, whenever you can. Uh, stick around for the audio of the Stephen Amell panel hosted or moderated by his wife, Cass, uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah, comic-con but until next week when we do our back half gotham annual uh which is the last stop before these shows come back uh we'll see you guys around the bend take care peace
Cass will tell you, we'll, we'll be like, we'll be in bed about to go to sleep and I will get up and make the bed. <laughs> How are you supposed to sleep in a messy bed? It messes everything up. My favorite thing, which I, I, it's now endearing to me, is when he walks into a room and he will arrange everything and start adjusting everything and he will even turn window cords around. And sometimes I have to say, Stephen, we are at a restaurant. You cannot <laughs> rearrange the furniture. It's frowned upon. Now, concurrently, I, you know, we get to hang around certain kids now and we went to uh, the, uh, something called the Pacific National Exhibition, which is like an outdoor fair in Vancouver, and it has the old roller coasters and stuff like that. Our daughter's not even four yet. She's barely hit the height requirements for this little wooden roller coaster. You see kids that are like five, six years old who are not going on it. Meanwhile, Cass rode it with her, and the first hill they come down, I tried to get a photo, and all I see is my kid going like this. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's the adventurous spirit that she has. Okay, let's, we'll, I'm sure that we'll have a couple more things to go, but let's do some questions. Absolutely, let's get, get started. Oh, a hey, pleasure man. to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. Uh, Errol's one of my favorite shows. Um, I'm just wondering how you uh, deal with the complexity of Oliver Queen and Errol being bad sometimes, but you can tell in his heart he's a really good man. So it's... Well, I think that any of the best, I think that all of the best uh, characters on television have a little moral ambiguity to them. Um, I think that that makes a more interesting character. Um, some, of the, some of the most dynamic episodes and moments for me playing the character are moments where he's failing or he's making the wrong decision because I think that that humanizes him a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, it's just fun playing him on an ongoing basis. You know, the fact that I have now been living with this curmudgeon <laughs> for the better part of six years. And I think that, you know, Cass can attest to um, the, the show, when I'm doing the show, I mean, obviously family time is important, but it takes up an inordinate amount of my brain. Um, but that, that's a, that, that's a blessing, ultimately. Thank you. How's everyone doing, by the way? Have you been to Salt Lake before? You. Uh, about 15 years ago. I'd imagine it's changed a little bit. Yeah. We're going to go up for a nice dinner tonight. Yeah, you know what? I didn't feel the urge to have anything pumpkin spice until I stepped off of the plane today. <laughs> I want all of the pumpkin things. So thank you for that. Thank you for kicking off my fall. Yes. Hi, Steven. Hi. Love seeing you on American Ninja Warrior. Thank you. You did awesome. Did you just let go at the end there? And can we expect to see you on it again? Well, first of all, I would like to thank whomever was in the audience last year who finally just made me do it and, you know, go for it. Um, I, I let go at the end for a very simple reason. I could not feel my arms. <laughs> These exercises, in and of themselves, are incredibly difficult, but when you put them back to back to back to back to back to back to back, oh boy. 
uh, Cass will tell you for weeks afterwards, it's not that it's not that my arms uh, hurt, it's that they ached. You know what I mean? Like when I went, we went away that weekend after the Ninja Warrior taping, and if I wanted to like move my arm to grab my drink, I had to be like. <sighs> I think I got a few. Uh... I think in the, in the days following, I got a few. I love you so much, but please don't touch me. <laughs> I would love to go back and do Ninja Warrior again. It, but really, we did that taping in March, and then we got into our hiatus, and I didn't really get back into really good fitness workouts until a couple of weeks ago because I hurt myself. <laughs> so, but we'll see. We'll see. If they would have me, I would love. I would love to go back. That would be really fun. Really fun. Thank you. Welcome up, Gryffindor. <laughs> Hi, so I really love your show. It is just really great. I love Arrow. Oh, I am a huge fan of Arrow. <laughs> so my question is, um, if you could become a different character on Arrow or a different superhero, what would you pick? Well, the, the Flash has a really cool suit. That's true. But Diggle's name is Diggle. <laughs> I literally drive myself crazy trying to figure that one out. Um, being the Flash would be really cool. Just the idea of super speed, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, dig uh, Diggle. Okay, well let me pick you back up on that one. Okay. So, you could ask a lot what your favorite villains are, or if you could choose a villain, or if you could be one of Marvel instead of DC. What if you got to create your, your own superhero from scratch? Oh boy. <laughs> Super Dad. Including what superpowers? Including what superpowers? You can walk into your kid's room in the middle of the night and just your presence makes them go back to sleep. <laughs> just, just, uh, you can just look at them at a restaurant and they just shut up and eat all their food. Uh, and, um... You would, they would keep watching the same movie every time, but while they're watching a Disney movie, your mind's eye would be playing your favorite rated R film. That's a really good one. I think that would be I might have to build this out into a novel. Very good question, Cass. This, this has been worth it already. Yes, what's your question, my man? Um, I was wondering how you like doing the crossover episodes with Flash. I love it. You know, this, this, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the announcement yesterday, but the, the title of the crossover this year is called Crisis on Earth X, which is based off of a very, uh, very well-known DC comic storyline, Crisis on Infinity Earth. And, um, when I read the crossover this year, the only thing that I will say is that, you know, when we first did the crossover, I guess back in our third season of The Flash, the first season, it was very much like, it's an episode of Flash where I show up, and then it's an episode of Arrow where he shows up. And even, even last year it was like, you know, Flash showed up on Supergirl, but then it was an episode of Flash, and an episode of Arrow, and then an episode of Legends. This year it's just a four hour movie. 
we're not supposed to, like, technically it goes Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, Legends, but you're not supposed to be watching the Supergirl hour going, okay, this is the Supergirl hour, it's just the first hour of the crossover. And when I... I don't know, I can't spoil it other than to say, when I read the crossover scripts this year, I felt compelled to uh, email the sort of the, the, the original team of Greg Berlanti, Andrew Kreisberg, and Mark Guggenheim, and the, and the email just simply said, guys, thank you very much for this opportunity, because it's gonna be really, really cool. did a play when I was in 10th grade called Inherit the Wind, and I did it to go to a drama festival in Ottawa, which was about five hours away from where our school was to meet girls. <laughs> does, that, does that sound about right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and then you know what? The drama teacher at that, at that school, my, my high school, came up to me. I had a little tiny bit part, and he said, uh, you have really good focus, and I want you to play this role in this play next fall. And it just kind of grew from there. So I did it throughout high school, and then I went to acting school, and then I got away for it a little bit, and I dawdled it around until I was in my late 20s, and then I dropped everything and moved to L.A., and that was in 2010. And here we are. Oh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so uh, I'm new to actually watching the Arrow because I was injured and I binge watched it like every hour, every day. Are you caught up? No. <laughs> I'm a mom, so I had to stop watching and I didn't have time anymore. But the island blows up. That's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Watching episode after episode, you realize how many fight scenes you have. So I was wondering, when you took the role, do you have any martial arts training, or is it all choreographed, and do you use a stunt double a lot? I do begrudgingly use a stunt double every once in a while. Um, never without protest, and never without um, backhanded passive-aggressive comments under my breath. <laughs> You're gonna have, uh, you're gonna have Will do that? That's cool. Uh, there are just certain things that I, that I can't do, which, which I understand, because we've had instances on the show, not me, thankfully, uh, but we've had, we've had instances on the show where actors have gotten injured, and, uh, you know, it, it, it messes with the production schedule a little bit. Um, when I got up there, uh, one of the first guys that I met is what is James Bamford, who was our fight choreographer, became our stunt director, and is now the producing director on the show. Uh, he's directing four different episodes this year, um, and he taught me the martial art of fighting on screen. It's a thing because if you're throwing a punch, you have to know and consider where's the camera. If the camera is uh, if I'm punching someone and the camera is over their left shoulder, 
right? Then I want to take the punch deep across the face like that. Whereas if the camera is over their right shoulder, I want to come out really wide with the punch so that it sells. And that's stuff that you pick up. So now, now it's to the point where when we build out these fights, they can basically get me on the day and break them into five, six pieces at a time. And I learn it, we shoot it. I learn the next piece, we shoot it. And it allows us to keep with our breakneck pace and schedule on the show, but also to involve me as much as we possibly can. Thank you. So the stunt skills, it, it, there's obviously a learning curve to that, but if you, you had to learn how to shoot a bow and arrow, yeah. clearly. If you had to pick a new stunt skill to learn, because as his character develops, He's using more and more tricks, and he's got more things happening. And it's not the weapons. telekinetic abilities of Super Dad, right? <laughs> a new one? Maybe on Earth 2? Okay. <laughs> a new one, a new, a new stunt skill. A uh, new stunt skill. I would like to... Boxing glove arrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would like to... I, I would like to be a little bit... I would like to be a little bit better with kicks. I can't kick. Well, it's like it's like it's like it's like it's like my hips were were handed down to me from my grandfather or something like that. Uh, I would like to be a lot. I'd like to be a lot better with my feet. I think that that would be interesting. Yes, Miss Canary. <laughs> uh, if you could bring back a character from a previous season, and even if they're dead, who would you bring back? <laughs> Hmm, I sense some bias here from the little canary. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna punt on the question a little bit because we, we kind of did bring back your person. Um, uh, for me, it's uh, for me, it's always, it's always Tommy. Uh, Cass and I got the chance to go to Chicago where uh, Tommy has become a doctor on TV. And, um, and we, we got to catch up and uh, it's always great to see him. You know, we, we, we forged a really great friendship and have been lucky enough to, to stay in touch whether he's making a trip back to Vancouver or I'm filming in New York. And when I was filming Turtles in New York, we got to go to he and Patty's wedding and um, Patty's playing Anna in the Broadway adaptation of Frozen. And that is going to make us the coolest parents of all time when we take our daughter <laughs> to opening night and we'll Wait, take her backstage. You haven't already started on this super dad thing, have you? No, no, no. I, yeah, so definitely Tommy. I feel like at, as great as the emotional significance of him dying in the season one finale was, um, and, and as much as that impacted and still reverberates through the show, I really would have loved to see what happened to that character because obviously the lore of Tony Merlin is that he eventually becomes Oliver's greatest nemesis. So, shoot. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Go ahead. Hi. So, um, word on the street is that there's going to be a supernatural arrow crossover. Can you say anything about that? What do you think? I love how me wanting something creates a rumor. <laughs> You know what I also want? I also want three-day work weeks. <laughs> Can we start that rumor? Oh man, I would love. Listen, if if I would love to, without 
breaking the fourth wall with too much gusto. If I could show up on Supernatural as like someone pumping gas in their car or something like that, or just someone that they murder, that would be tremendous. <laughs> things where, you know, I know that it doesn't make sense, and I know that it's not the same universe, but at the same time, it's TV, and it's supposed to be fun, so maybe, you know, one of these days, Greg Berlanti will be sitting in a room with the head honcho of Supernatural, and they'll all just go, eh, why not? <laughs> I'm glad it's a rumor, though. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's definitely happening. Keep it up. Hi. What's up? That's okay. So am I. Uh, what's the best and worst thing about playing and acting and stuff? The best and worst thing about about acting. Just, just just acting? Yeah. Um, I would say that the well, it's the same thing, actually. The the best thing about acting in this particular job for me is how busy we are. And the worst thing is probably how busy we are. Um, I think that the writers and producers and actors and crew members would tell you that uh, 23 episodes is not necessarily the ideal number of episodes to do per year. I think if we were to if we were to craft a story, or if you were to look at some of the more some, some like Game of Thrones, or what they do on uh, on Netflix with, uh, I assume, like the new Punisher series. Uh, that's probably gonna be like 10 episodes, 12 episodes. And what that also allows you to do is basically film all the episodes before a single one airs, which is a tremendous advantage. Because you can take a look at the whole thing and you can almost move pieces around, or you can look at the edit of episode one and highlight something that's gonna pay off for the viewer in episode 10 or 12 or whatever your finale is. Meanwhile, our episode 601 is locked and our episode 623 is months and months and months away. So we lose that advantage a little bit, but um, you know, if I were to have to choose, if, if, is it the best thing or the worst thing, I would say the best, because being busy is a real blessing. Thank you. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but when you type your name into autocorrect... Smell. Yeah. <laughs> when I first heard I, 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 I did go to elementary school at one point, okay? <laughs> When I first heard about you, I thought your name was Steven Smell. Um, <laughs> At least you know my first name. <laughs> my friend told me about you. Anyway, I was just wondering what kind of, because uh, I'm really into overwhelming therapy and stuff, I was just wondering what kind of smells relax you and what smells help you when you're anxious and what smells make you happy. And I, three good smells for you. Um, vanilla? Baby powder and Christmas. I mean, none of those are in the aromatherapy multi-pack that I just bought for our bedroom. Yet, yet. yet. Where's the holiday aromatherapy pack? In September. I told you that my pumpkin started today. Right. Something you need to know about my wife is it's not even the Christmas season until you've eaten the turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah! She was in 
Whole Foods, she was in Whole Foods the other day and she saw this really healthy type of eggnog and got legitimately upset. Me and me on the couch and it's one of those conversations that you have to have as a married couple where I have to go, look, I know that this is important to you. <laughs> But can we... Can we keep watching the show? Holiday timing aside, if I see coconut nog on the shelves during Labor Day weekend, the first thing is, is this leftover from last year? Rage, rage. She's, rage. she's red. Holiday rage. Yes, young lady, I like your shirt. Thanks. Thanks. Um, is that true? I heard my number one fan was in Salt Lake. Is it you? Well, I'm glad that we finally met. I think that from just from a from a from a lore perspective uh, and from the way that it played out, I would go with Deathstroke. But I don't think that I don't know that we'll ever be able to match the emotional gravity of Prometheus, who I thought was really really great. Where you guys think? <laughs> What's up? So I like your idea of three day work days too. Yeah, big time. <laughs> but I want to know what is the most difficult part of your job? Uh, the, the most difficult part of my job is uh, not always having as much control as I would like, coming from the guy that does actually physically rearrange furniture in restaurants. Um, there are, uh, when people think of Arrow, they think of me, right? That's what, that's what happens when you play the titular character on a show. Uh, when people think of Arrow, they think of me. And yet, is titular a funny word? Am I that word that I missed something? It's actually my head to let's all, let's, let's, let's be adults. T-I-T-U-L-A-R, okay. I thought it was pronounced differently for a long time. But anyway, uh, there are things on the show that I would do differently simply because I have different um, uh, priorities. Um, I, I, I'm, in, I'm an information hoarder. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't release a preview. I would release a preview before the first season and then coming up to the sixth season, I, I, I literally, especially with the way that the fifth season ended, I would have put everything under lock and key. That's not how uh, the producers, and by extension, the network and the studio that we work for do things. I don't have a problem with the way that they do things. I just am very particular, and have become more particular the longer that I've done the show, and thus have opinions about that stuff. So there are just things that happen with the show that still come across as me representing it, that maybe if I had a say, we would frame things a little bit differently. So maybe the hardest part is being the representative of a show, but also continue to understand my place in it. I'm, I'm an actor, I'm not a writer. I'm not a producer. I say the words that are on the page, 
Um, I don't have, you know, I don't have say in promotional materials. I don't have say in what gets included in previews. Um, and the thing that I know, and Cass would agree here, is I've said multiple times that if I ever did television beyond Arrow, I would only ever do it if I was involved in the entire through line of the process. So please don't take that as a criticism. I mean, take it out of context and plaster it as criticism if you want, but it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of, of recognizing my role and, and staying in that lane. Sometimes that's the toughest thing. Thank you. Stephen Amell, Blast's producers, studio and network in a fiery Salt Lake City Comic Con tirade. Just doing your, just doing your headline copy for you. What's up, man? Uh, question for Stephen Amell. Uh, what's your favorite character and animal in Zootopia? What's Mavi's favorite character? In Zootopia. I don't know. I don't know. She's only she's seen it one time. Okay. She's really into Madagascar right now. Madagascar is more of her speed. Yeah, yeah. She's re she seems to be she seems to take to that one a little bit more than Zootopia, and we will hear her in the next room when we I put her down for bed and I just hear, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Can I take a rain check on that question until the next time I'm here when I will have seen that movie 115 times? <laughs> Thanks, man. What's up, bud? Uh, nothing much. Um, first of all, uh, you could be the Flash if you become Bart Allen. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, anyway, um, I, you're, you are amazing in Arrow, and you are amazing at, in uh, Ninja Turtles, as well as uh, at SummerSlam two years ago. Thanks, man. <laughs> And you definitely deserve that slammy. <laughs> um, but um, uh, my question is, um, who would you say is a better sidekick for the Green Arrow? Arsenal or Speedy? The cross-country tour of people making me choose between Willa Holland and Colton Haynes continues. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to say Arsenal, okay? And here's why. Because Speedy can always still be my family sidekick without necessarily being my sidekick in the field. She'll always be my sister before she's my sidekick. So with, if Roy was an Arsenal, I wouldn't care about it, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I'll go with Arsenal on that one. Thank you. <laughs> what do you got for us? Hi. Uh, so I'm sure everybody knows that Green Arrow has that like rock and goatee in the yeah. comics. And I was noticing in last season, your facial hair was kind of getting thicker as the season went on. Yeah, that tends to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but it's called, it's called, it's called, it's called I don't want to shave. I don't want to shave. <laughs> I don't want to shave, guys. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> so I was wondering if uh, at some point, maybe this season or even in the future, you'll get that traditional goatee going on. I, okay. 
Has anyone seen the Vacation Steve mustache? Oh, Do any of you guys follow on Instagram, Facebook? He goes out the this is, this white is, the stash. I think that this is going to end up being the promise that Salt Lake City makes me make this year. <laughs> I promise you, before the series, not season, but the series ends, we will have at least one shot with the iconic goatee. It's like, it's like I can't, it's like I can't help myself getting in trouble at these things. Always so much trouble. Always so much trouble. It's okay. It's probably not documented at all. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yes. Hi, Stephen. So uh, I have a little brother here in Utah who is a state trooper, and recently they had a fallen officer. And to honor him, they do like 300 push-ups a day for 30 days. Okay. So yeah. So they do them in sets. So like sets 20, 30, and so. I joined him in that. And yeah. I'm doing him in like sets or 20 or 30 as well. So, okay. so wondering just like a little bit of in like motivation for myself. How many can you do in a row? How many can I do in a row? Push-ups. Yeah. I'm not doing push-ups right now, guys. I almost broke my wrist yesterday doing ring push-up things. Whatever. Um, in a row, I proper mm, ones. I feel like it's going to be somewhere north of 60 and somewhere south of 100. Is that good? good. All right. So wait a second. So what you're saying is it's it's a uh, it's a uh, 300 push-ups for 30 days. All right. All right. I'm in. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. I got it. You bet. When they turn off the fast and seatbelt sign? Hey, so... <laughs> I've been good with this. You know, Cass knows how much I love this show called This Selection, which is the SEAL Team Selection Training reality show. I'd encourage everybody to watch it. And they have this exercise called... Um, Oh gosh, what is, is the, it's like integrity sets or in, in like the integrity exercises. They have to go to all these different stations and do like 50 burpees or 50 push-ups or 50 jumping jacks or whatever, and they don't know that they're being recorded. So trust me, I'll do I'll do at least 305 every day. Anyway, yes, what's, what's your question? So who is your favorite person to film with on Arrow? <sighs> <laughs> Um, I would say just I would say just based on the amount of time that we've spent together, and I'm always gonna I'm always gonna have preference towards um, you know the, the people that the people that I uh, started with. But I mean it it really it really did begin with David Ramsey. You know David and I, in my mind, set the template for the show and, and how we do things to this day. The, fir the very first time it was the two of us in the Arrow Cave, and you know, in order for our show to be producible, we have to have these days where we rip off like 14, 15, 16 pages of just he and I going back and forth. And it was a Friday, and it was in a one o'clock start. And I turned to him and I said, "Let's stay close to set. Let's get this done." 
and uh, let's just bang it out. And um, that, to me, is the template for how we continue to be able to make the show. So, Mr. Ramsey. We have time for a few more, so we'll uh, yeah. throw it to Gaston. <laughs> okay, so... No one... <laughs> so, in the show, um, you change emotions very quickly and a lot, and they're very deep, deep emotions. And I love to act, um, and both B and my best friends were wondering this, Annabelle, and... We're wondering, how do you learn to channel those emotions so quickly and so deeply on the show? Well, thank you, first of all. Um, I, I, I would say that, you know, some of it is, everyone has their different technique. Some people use, like, real-life recall. Like, they go to a traumatic moment. Uh, it's not really for me. You know what I mean? Um, I, uh, you know, a lot of it is... Uh, helped by the the actual relationships that I personally have with the people that I'm acting with, be it David or Emily or Willa or Katie or whomever, uh, we've grown close over time, we've grown a bond over time so when their character is going through something, or when I see the way that they react, that 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 helps me um, and then, you know, I don't know sometimes it's just you know, it, it really helps having lived in Oliver's skin for, you know, all of these years and to have so much invested. And I, I think about, you know, I think about, is the show important to me? Yes. Is the scene important for the show? Yes. Instant emotions. Happy, sad, angry, calm, you name it. It's just, the show helps me get there. Thank you. The hair makes the costume, by the way. <laughs> What's up, man? Hello. Um, <laughs> I, we all know that you can shoot a bow. I want to know how long did it take and how difficult it was to learn how. Um, it's... I hear you're going to hate my answer. Uh, a couple days. <laughs> no, I, I, I really, you know, the most important thing, the most important thing is form. We spent a lot of time on form, especially in that first year. And I, I focus so much on, on form because... 99 times out of 100, I'm not shooting an actual arrow. Um, I focus so much on form that when I do actually uh, pick up an arrow, like even if it's a crossbow at a carnival and I'm trying to win our daughter a six foot tall unicorn, um, I tend to have pretty good aim. Which NHL team could Casey Jones be an asset to right now? Even though it's preseason. Which NHL team? Yeah. I, uh, you know, as much as I want to say the Kings, in, in the honor of in honor of Casey Jones, I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. Does Utah have a semi-professional hockey team? Grizzlies. Okay, well, Casey would probably be like a like a minor league player, so the Grizzlies. What's up, man? Hey, Steven. Super nervous. I got a question for your wife. Good. Okay. What are some of Steven's most annoying habits at home? Well, I, as I mentioned earlier, he's very particular, so he likes things in a very specific spot. 
The problem is, is that spot changes. So he will, one day he'll love to put the laptops on the counter, and then the next day he'll put them in the closet. Um, same with jackets, blankets, really anything that I'm trying to access. Never They're, forget, never forget the purse. The purse. That's I was actually right. getting to the purse. the purse. I uh, had a black clutch, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I had my phone, and I go, how do I mean? I have my phone. I, I couldn't have left it somewhere because my phone was in my clutch. I'm texting him saying, "Where is it?" He's on set. He's not answering. I tear apart our entire tiny loft, can't find it. I'm about to call the restaurant that I was at the night before. I sit down on the couch and I see it tucked into the record player. <laughs> and I talk to him afterward and I say, why the record player? What, why would you put that there? And he goes, ready for some sound logic? Go ahead. Black goes with black. <laughs> Just, we have, all right, we have time for probably five well, more questions. Five, five, five quick ones. Five, five so more. Everybody give, commits to a quick one. So. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say I went on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 by myself because none of my family members or friends wanted to go. Um, and I absolutely loved you in it. Thank you. Um, I wanted to know if you knew hockey, if you like played hockey when you were younger and you already knew how to play or did you have to learn for the movie? I'm Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We have to learn, like, we have to learn the basics by the time we're six or they get rid of us. You guys think I'm kidding? I know, I know, like, Canada, oh, pacifist, peacekeepers, all this stuff. Yeah, if you don't learn to play hockey, you're in big trouble. But yeah, no, I knew. I knew. I hadn't rollerbladed in a while, though. That, that took a second. Yes, Pat Zaro. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering actually about your new bow for season six. I've yeah. seen in the trailers, you can tell a little bit that you get a recurve, which is awesome. But we haven't had a great look at it. Do you have an idea what type? It's a lot like, it's a lot like the season one bow. And not really for any particular reason. I was just like, guys, it's, it's time. It's time. I wanted to go a little old school. You know what I mean? So I was like, so my pitch to them was let's do a recurve. And, and let's pretend that Cisco made it. <laughs> Hi, my name is Steven. Hey, buddy. Um, question. So, with season five coming to close with the flashbacks, how will you, uh, with the five years that have passed, um, how will you make it different with season six? You know, so sometimes we have flashbacks, sometimes we don't. Um, like, for example, this year we tell the origin not the origin story, but we tell, we, we, we uh, fill in some, uh, some pieces uh, for Slade Wilson's story. Uh, I know that I, I think a couple of other people are gonna have, uh, gonna have flashbacks. I have not had a flashback. Um, and you know, but then they probably just don't wanna pay for a wig because I burnt the other one. <laughs> Sorry guys, last one. Oh. Second, second to last, second to last. Oh, okay, two more. Hey, moderator, Vito. easy does it. Thank oh. you. <laughs> I was just wondering what your favorite project was outside of Arrow. Oh yeah, I, you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go with uh, the HBO show that I was on, Hung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was one of my that was my first sort of big series regular job. Got to film it on the Paramount lot in LA. That was amazing, and um, I just felt a real sense of accomplishment being on a show like that for a network like that, and and holding my own. I thought so. I, I think that was my favorite job outside of Arrow. Also, an interesting uh, show for my parents to watch before <laughs> even meeting him. It all worked out. That's your, by the way, that's your fault. <laughs> Who are you dating? This guy named Steven. What's his last name? Doesn't matter. What does he do? He's a, I don't know. <laughs> What's up? So, I'm really surprised nobody's asked this with your wife being here, but how did you guys meet? That's a tremendous question, and it's a great way to wrap up. Um, my favorite show in history is Mad Men. My favorite episode of Mad Men ever is the season four finale. <laughs> it's an episode called Tomorrowland. And uh, in that episode, Don Draper goes off to California and you know falls in love. And so there's a lot of like interesting themes and meets this beautiful brunette and they, <clears throat> they get engaged and they get married and all that good stuff, right? Um, but meanwhile, back in New York, there is uh, sort of a drought in the office in terms of signing new accounts. And this beautiful girl comes into the office to explain that uh, she was just on a modeling job and got fired and because they didn't like the creative, so they're looking for new creative, so she's basically bringing the office a lead. And she's so striking that it's really annoying Peggy Olsen because none of the men are doing any work. Um, that actor is sitting right next to me right now. I was re-watching that episode for like the fourth time and I paused it and I did what any normal person does. I googled her, <laughs> found her Twitter. She was in LA, that wasn't a surprise, but we were going to an event at the same venue. I swear to God, this is true. <laughs> Two nights later, I went up, I introduced myself. I was about to leave, she gave me her number. We went to dinner the next week and uh, that was that. Um, thank you to Ms. Cassandra. Hey, uh, hey, so like, it is, uh, I know I was here last year. It's not an accident that I'm back here. I absolutely love coming here. Thank you guys so much.